Hey, students. Happy Monday. It's December 12th, 2022. We're almost to 2023. This is the Answers Gospel Questions. You're listening uh, with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. How are you, Brother Wing? How was the weekend? Oh, I'm doing good, you know, and I'm Christmas shopping. I know some uh, people just... think that, you know, that we wait. Us, us men, we wait no, till like December 23rd it. to start Christmas shopping or even start thinking about it. But I'm, no. I'm ahead of my game this year. Well, I was actually just going to ask you about that, Brother Wing. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here. I know a lot of our listeners think we put a lot of preparation. Actually, you can probably tell we put no preparation into the, <laughs> into these podcasts. But the uh, when I say a lot, I mean nothing. Um, what's the worst Christmas present you've ever given? Have you ever given a terrible Christmas present to somebody? <laughs> oh man um i don't I know have. i can't remember i mean you tell me because you'll probably right. spark. i guarantee i've done it i just can't the, the worst like let brain. me give you like let me it's tough for for a guy like me i'm i like i don't know if we've talked about love languages before but i my love language is not gifts and so i don't speak the gift love language my wife's love language thankfully isn't gifts either and so she's not super offended by my lack of being able to give good gifts. We give each other terrible gifts uh, that are just silly because we don't know what to do. We don't know how to give each other gifts. I, our, and students, like when you first get married, like don't be surprised if the first gifts you give each other as spouses at Christmas time are terrible because you're just like, I don't know what to do. The, I got my wife the ugliest necklace for Christmas that I bought like Walmart on probably December 23rd or something like that. And I was like, asked the lady behind the counter, I'm like, is this nice? Oh yeah, your wife will like that. And I bought it. My wife's like, oh, I hate it. But I was only saved because my wife bought me a terrible gift. She bought me, she knew I liked to go sledding and she bought me an, a tube to go sledding with, but it was a tube for like 10 year old kids to, <laughs> to go sledding with it. So not, not a man of my girth could fit on that and so some <laughs> gifts uh you know the gifts just aren't aren't uh, a, a great we haven't had a lot of, like good success with gifts in our house please Have tell you me you still gift? tried that tube anyway though right no no i actually took it back to i actually took it back to walmart and i think i bought some candy uh, <laughs> that's good i do remember <laughs> since you've been talking i was i gave my sister a purse when i was in high school yeah <laughs> as a christmas <laughs> gift but it was apparently it was like a grandma purse, but I thought it was cool because I had lots of pockets. <laughs> so anyway, she uh, took it back. Well, it's okay. Like it's okay to give people we love terrible gifts. I don't know. That's maybe not the message that we want to give out, but it happens at times. Who we don't want to give a terrible gift to is our father in heaven. Luckily, our father in heaven, he's a, he's the greatest guy to give gifts to because He's already uh, told us what he wants, right? And uh, what he wants is our hearts, right? He wants us to to have our hearts set on him. And there's different things that he, uh, throughout the years and uh, from the beginning of time, there's different ways that we can show our Father in heaven that our heart is set on him, right? We do things today like we go to temples and we participate in 
ordinances and covenants. We partake of the sacrament on Sunday, and we try to do it in exactly how he prescribed so that our our hearts and our minds are totally aligned with him. Well, in the book of Malachi, or Malachi, as I like to say, the Italian prophet, the book of Malachi, we have um, a situation here where Malachi is, is kind of getting after, and the Lord is behind backing him up on this. He's kind of getting after the Levite priests who are in charge of offering sacrifices and helping the 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 children of Israel connect with God in the temple. They've they have uh changed the ordinances of the temple, they've changed the purpose and the way they do things in the temple. And Malachi is, is calling them out on that and, and encouraging them to correct it. All right. The the things that they are offering to the Lord are worse than what we offered, uh what Brother Wing offered his sister and what I offered my wife at Christmas time. So what's going on here, Brother Wing, in Malachi? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to go to Leviticus 1 and read about the animal sacrifice and the type of offerings that the Lord required mm -hmm. according to the law. And, you know, one of the details was like it was a, a lamb without blemish, you know. And and so in this case, though, by the time Malachi's here, he's they're seeing all kinds of offerings. He even talks about the bread on the altar that it was it was a uh, polluted, polluted bread, yeah. you know, Moldy. and the animals that they were offering were blind and lame and sick. You <laughs> Can know? you imagine these guys? Can you imagine these Levites like, oh, I don't want to. Do we really want to give one of the nice lambs? Let's just sacrifice one of the blind ones or the sick ones that are going to die anyway. Right. Oh, my gosh. And so when we think about like, why would the Lord want a lamb without blemish? You know, then we clearly start to see references to Christ. Like the whole point mm -hmm. was to teach them about Christ and connect them uh, to their savior. But when they're offering just the, the lamest thing that they can come up with <laughs> to kind of go through the motions of sacrifice, but not actually right. fulfill the intent, that's now things have become corrupted and um, they're really start to kind of mock the ritual rather than receive the intent of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so they're being called out on this. And again, you know, who knows why, who knows why they're doing it? They, they could be doing it even, you know, I can see them trying to do it even somewhat innocently, or at least they might think they're doing it innocently and saying things like, you know, well, God loves us. We're his chosen people. He's going to be okay with whatever we offer. All right. I, I think that's even a phrase that some people may have may have bought into today is that because God loves us, he doesn't care what we do or how we do it. And that's just not that's just not the case. And so we need to offer pure offerings or offerings that will connect us with God. There's an interesting thing that he says is, uh, in chapter two of Malachi is um, is one of the here's your $5 word, is one of the ramifications of offering one of these uh, terrible sacrifices that aren't, uh, that aren't appropriate. He says, behold, in this chapter 2, verse 3 says, uh, th now prepare yourself for this, brother, because there's a visual here that uh, you might not like. He says, behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces even the dung of your solemn feasts 
I think about that. So these these solemn feasts that are not so solemn anymore because they don't understand the purposes of these feasts. They don't understand the connection with God. He says, the dung that comes from those solemn feasts, I'm going to spread on your face. That's how I feel about you uh, you doing these things without the intent to connect with me. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's going to come back at you in a really terrible way. You know, maybe it's the the humorous way of talking about that, but it's it's a really unfortunate consequence to these um, these bad offerings. You know, and I think about like verse chapter back in chapter one, verse thirteen. You know, they talk about offering these sacrifices. Like, what a weariness it is to them. Yeah. You know, these these things that the Lord is requiring are so burdensome, and they kind of mock at it or they belittle. Uh, these sacrifices, um, doing that instead of giving a pure offering, which they they could do, and I think this is easily applicable to what to to each individual to kind of think about our offerings. You know, when when we study the scriptures, are we giving the Lord the, our most alert hours of the day when we can really open ourselves and ponder on deep gospel truths and figure out ways to apply them? Are we giving them even enough time uh, in our day? What, what type of offering there, you know, even our, our church callings, we could think about that too. And are we, are we given quality effort to, to the Lord? Um, and these things, this isn't to say that I'm, I'm not trying to, I hope this doesn't come across as like making people feel guilty. Yeah, I'm feeling really anything. guilty right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or about if, you know, like if all you had was a blind, a blind, and sick lamb, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the only thing you had, and you're going to offer that. Well, that's a pretty good offering, you know. And the, but the Lord, the point is, the Lord wants the best. So, what is what is our best? And are we willing to offer that to the Lord, and then receive the power and connection with Him that comes when we are willing to faithfully make that offering? But in in contrast, when we kind of mock the whole the whole process and His sacred rituals with given lame superficial offerings. Well, like you said, in verse three, we, we get the result of that, which yeah. is a, it's a bad example to other people, especially our children. Um, and there's a, you know, at least symbolically, there's something really unpleasant for us that comes back uh, to our face uh, eventually. And so it's going to come back to us. And so it, it's yeah. better to just put our focus on him. That's the point. That's that's the definition of reverence is focus on God. And so yeah. let's do these things with reverence. And you said something inter- you said something important there too is like you know, if all you have is this blind, lame and sick lamb, like that's a different story. But if you look at verse 14 of Malachi chapter 1, he says but curse be the deceiver. I think that's an interesting fr- phrase. The deceiver which hath in his flock a male, right? Or, who has the proper sacrifice, he calls him a deceiver. The sacrifice unto the Lord, a corrupt thing, right? If you have the ability to sacrifice this or to give this to the Lord and you choose not to, or you choose to sacrifice something else, he says, he calls that person a deceiver. Someone who maybe... Maybe they've lied to those around them, but ultimately it's someone who maybe has deceived themselves and have has has convinced themselves that ah oh, the Lord will just be okay with this. I think the Lord will be just fine with with what I'm giving here. 
Well, maybe that's an opportunity for you to take a step back, for all of us to take a step back as we consider what we're giving to the Lord. Are we offering the best to him? Like you said, I love that. Are you offering the best of your time and your talents and and all the things that you possess to the Lord? Right. And I think I think as we do that, we'll avoid the the terrible consequences, that uncomfortable consequence of having it come back to us in a in a terrible way. Um all right, students. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. Go ahead and share it with somebody else. Click on the link in the show notes and sign up for an institute class this starting in January. We'd love to have you in one of ours or any other class that is being taught. There's a whole bunch of them there on the website. Go to one of them and sign up. All right, students, until next time, we love your guts. Stay righteous.